Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. We're back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany, and I'm your host, Tiffany Smith. Today, we're flipping the script, and it's going to be me talking to you about what's going on at Texas Kidney Foundation, my day job. So I have a friend here who's going to ask me a few questions, and I'm going to be the one in the hot seat. So his name is Zach Seibert. He is the president and CEO of Legend Productions. So I'm, I'm in pretty good hands. Zach is doing all the, the production work, and he's going to be the uh, host for this one. So what, uh, what special legislation are we talking about today? What's the, what's the name of it, and why is it important? Well, uh, this past week, uh, Texas Kidney Foundation had an amazing week. We introduced in the House, in the Texas House, um, House Bill 4015. Uh, that was done with, in conjunction with our partners in uh, the Chronic Kidney Disease Task Force. And what that is, is it's a, a project that we worked on. Oh, it's been a while that TKF has been working on the Chronic Kidney Disease Task Force. And what it is, is an amalgamation of the best minds in Texas, uh, with m multiple perspectives. It's a very diverse group. Uh, and our job was to help the state of Texas to see how we would address chronic kidney disease in the future. Well, the Chronic Kidney Disease Task Force isn't charged with just writing a paper, which they did. We wrote a 46-page paper, which from beginning to end, tells you what should be done for chronic kidney disease. However, after the paper, the fun begins. And that's where our legislative committee, led by Ms. Rita Littlefield, came up with um, what the bill was that would be the first step in us getting the Rita Littlefield Resource Center. The center is named after Rita because Rita has spent, oh, three decades pounding the pavement, walking through those hallowed halls of the House and the Senate and of the state capitol. Uh, she's been on the floor of the Senate. She's been on the floor of the House. She was, on the, she was in committee for the House uh, this week speaking on behalf of House Bill 4015. And that bill is going to help us to address kidney disease, to deal with early detection, education, and support of the patients and the providers. So it, it was pretty substantial. Then in the Senate, we, uh, Texas Kidney Foundation, stood up for you, stood up for patients and for the providers because uh, everyone experienced the winter freeze. The winter freeze was tough on all of us. However, um, we can't just let it go now that we're all thought out. So we have to start thinking through the process. Okay, what's gonna happen next? And it, the wonderful, honorable uh, Boris Miles came up with a bill, Senate Bill 1876. That bill addresses the Public Utilities Commission and the need for kidney disease patients to be a priority in uh, our crisis management plan. So we went out and said, hey, we love this bill. And we were asked to, to give uh, a statement on the floor of the house, uh, and we did. It, we hung around and listened to all of the, listened to the legislative process and how it works, all of the bills that were being uh, introduced. And uh, at 8 p.m. on Wednesday night, we were able to give, give uh, our testimony. So it was, it was a pretty 
momentous week for the kidney world in, in uh, Texas. I'm Tiffany Jones-Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here representing myself and the foundation, and I'm in support of SB 1876. Um, SB 1876 is basically creating the first step in a plan that would be a comprehensive plan for Texas in terms of an emergency response. We desperately need that. We saw that when we had uh, the freeze a few, a couple of months ago. Hospital ERs were inundated. So were the, the dialysis units. We have over 750 dialysis units in Texas and 50% of them were inoperable. We have to have water, we need pressure per square inch. Every person who is dialyzed needs potted water, and they need 39 to 47 gallons of it to be dialyzed. So you can imagine what, this, what kind of a problem this presented when dialysis takes is three to four times a week, and it's three hours to five hours, depending on the patient, each time. So... House, I'm in love with this bill because it will create something that we desperately need, and that's a comprehensive plan with all of our partners communicating. So the power people communicating with Network 14, which is, is our go-to guys for uh, crisis management with chronic kidney disease with anybody that is in end-stage renal disease, that they really are the place that we turn to, and they do a stellar job. We just need the communication piece of with, with the uh, power and water. That was a disaster for us. It, I love Texas. We're, we're an island unto ourselves, and that's great, but we have to be able to take care of every person that's on that island, and this is the first step in doing that. Well said. I um, appreciate your uh, putting into words um, potable water and everything else and what the, uh, the storm did uh, was disastrous. So thank you so much. Thank you. I, I've lost nine family members to chronic kidney disease. That's why I do this. So mm. yeah, I show up and knock on people's doors and sit outside their offices and all that stuff. You know, that's just what we do as Texans. It's called Texas Ingenuity. So... Thank Amen. you for letting me show some of it today. Amen. So the Capitol, prior to this, you know, you just went in. Yes, we, you have to go through, um, uh, you know, the little thing where they, they scan you and everything. I, uh, for safety, you do that, and, and you still do it. But this time, there was a tent out front and you had to get COVID tested. And that happens every day. So if you go on Wednesday, you got to get COVID tested. If you go back on Thursday, you got to get COVID tested. The only way that you don't is if you have a card that says you've been vaccinated for COVID-19. So it was, it was a different experience in that way. It was different um, in terms of social distancing in the gallery. They were very, very uh, vigilant about where you sat, how you moved within the gallery. You know, there's been so much that's been happening uh, nationally in terms of security and uh, just with the pandemic in general that, you know, it, it was very different. Though I have to say our senators and our representatives you know, their, their doors are still always open to the people. They are for the people. We, we elected them and they, they know that their job is, is to serve us. So when you go into their offices, they're still uh, willing to talk to you and, and uh, let you in. They're happy to see uh, constituents come by and share what their experiences are and, and what they feel is important 
about the state of Texas and how we're running things. So I believe you said that you you arrived at the Capitol around 8, 8.30 in the morning, and then you weren't able to testify until around 8 that evening. Oh, yes. So what, what did you do from the time you got there until you were able to testify? Okay, I Maybe arrived there hours. at like, I know. I arrived there at 7.30, and what I did was I sat there. I sat there the entire time and and sort of I drank in the importance and the you know the the gravitas of the of the moment listening to the the bills that were being presented and thinking about the time that was put into those bills and then I uh looked at who was testifying uh because I saw some of our fellow San Antonians the the firefighters from San Antonio were there um, and they were also talking about about uh, safety issues as they related to uh, the fire department. Um, so it was it was a, a good time to to get to see that our city is well represented there. Um, sometimes you can when you're not in the state capitol, you it, it can feel like uh, what we desire in San Antonio isn't being heard. So to see us see that we're that we're we're hopping in the car, going up to the, the Capitol and and doing what we should be doing as as Texans and as independent uh Americans, that was good. So I spent time doing that and uh visiting with my vice president. <laughs> Zach's the vice president too. <laughs> the guy wears a lot of hats. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows that part. Yet. <laughs> well, I'm breaking the news. <laughs> uh, the so so overall, what what was the experience like? Was it an enjoyable experience? Exciting? Was it draining? There is something exhilarating about being in the Capitol. Like the energy there, you can feel that change is afoot. That you, it's a place where if you want to change the world, you go to the Capitol. You go to the our state Capitol. You go to the Capitol of the nation. It's in those hallowed halls that the world changes. It's through policy. The, so right around the time we had a lunch break, we mm-hmm. walked back to try to see if we could have a word with the senator that mm-hmm. um, I think was championing the SB 1876. That's right. That um, is the Honorable Boris Miles. And, uh, <laughs> so as we're walking around in one of the hallways, you mm-hmm. were looking up at the photos on the wall of, of mm-hmm. past members of the Senate. And you looked over and you said something to me. Do you have any idea what I'm referring to? When I was talking about the woman that was, was in the Senate? Yes. But and I was like, you said something about yourself. You said something along the lines of, I, I never, you know, it's crazy that I would, as, as a black woman, I would be able to. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I, okay. So what Zach is referencing is we were looking at, at all of the pictures of, and it was like from 1912 and 1920. We we're looking at pictures from, from back then. That's what was so it was the the photographs were like of the the whole Senate um, whole Senate committee from then, and I was like, "This is the craziest thing for me to be walking in these halls because I would not have been able to at that time. I would not be, and this is what democracy is: is to be able is the change." that has occurred in this nation over all this time, you know, over a short period of time, because in, in our minds, this is, it's a long period of time because we are used to the uh, social media world (laughs) where everything happens so quickly, but really in terms of of the span of life and the span of humanity that we, uh, that, that humanity has been in this country, that's a short period of time from 1912 to now, for uh, me to be able to walk in those halls when 
and I and I've said this before, but I don't think I've ever said it on on camera. But my grandmother was a maid, and so she worked uh, as a maid for a financial advisor, and it was my husband is with a firm and my husband joined this firm and my when my grandmother when we mentioned it to my grandmother it was the same firm that the financial advisor that she worked for worked for so this guy worked for the same firm as my husband only my husband is in the position where he would have been that guy's boss my grandmother she cried like she was it was like you know it was the most poignant moment for her to know that 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 could happen because she didn't think that at that time she didn't think that black people could do something like that you know so to see where we've come from like this is a great nation it's always been a great nation we have our flaws but it's a great place to be because you can go from nothing from having absolutely nothing to a, a completely different life to whatever it is you desire to be and that you know I think about all the shoulders that I stand on you know a lot of people came before me in order for me to have the opportunities I have today so I whenever I'm in in the capital that's that's the kind of stuff I'm thinking about. Like, wow, look at this. Look at where we are. Look at the fact that that there's a multitude of people there. If you look around when you're at the Capitol, you see so many different ethnic backgrounds there. And the beauty of sitting on the in that Senate gallery was actually seeing the wheels at work. And I want to define that for you. We have Democrats and Republicans in our Senate, just as we do in our House. And if you went to or watched a Senate, the, the Senate convene and, and debate a bill like we did, bill after bill, and very controversial ones like House Bill, like Senate Bill 29, which has to do with with uh, the transgender issue. Everybody treated everybody else with respect. They heard out the other side, walked through what what their differences were, why they why they strongly felt. The general chairwoman said what she she strongly felt uh, her position was on H on SB uh, twenty nine. Everybody respected one another. And that's not what you, if you listen to, to the overall media, you would think that, that nobody got along. When in reality, we could use more of what we saw in our Texas Senate everywhere because they did get along. They walked through their differences and just kind of said, okay, this is pending. We're going to go through it. We're going to go back through this again and, and figure out where we stand. And that's all you can ask for at the end of the day with with your politicians. That's really all you can ask for is for them to uh, be thoughtful and mindful of the process. And, that, you know, that's one of the things I, I took away from it, that we are still who we say we are, no matter what anyone else is saying. Now, kind of going off of what you just said about, uh, you know, made up of Democrats and Republicans, when you're speaking about either the House bill or the Senate bill, mm -hmm. is there any reason why one party should not support one of the bills over the other? Well, our, there is absolutely positively no reason why they should support House Bill 4015. It is a, it is a bipartisan issue. Everyone is affected by chronic kidney disease. One in three people is at risk for chronic kidney disease. So that means chronic kidney disease doesn't know a socioeconomic group, 
<laughs> it doesn't know. It doesn't know uh, one ethnic group. Chronic kidney disease affects everyone. It, it affects African Americans, Hispanic people, white people, Asian people. Uh, every single people group is dealing with this matter. So, in terms of Republican and Democrat, every each one of them has constituents that are dealing with this matter. It is a Texas issue, not a Republican or Democrat issue. And so when you speak on that, I, I, it, all, it also brings the, the factor to me that no matter what side, or it doesn't discriminate, discriminate against what side, it's financially affecting both sides. That's right, that's right. We're talking about $88,000 per person per year that's on end-stage renal disease. Now, that has end-stage renal disease, so that means they're on dialysis. If, and let's put that in perspective, we have 57,000 dialysis patients in the state of Texas currently. So that's over $4 billion, right just shy of $5 billion. And that's just the rudimentary numbers. We're not talking about, that's the Medicaid and Medicare numbers. We're not talking about what private insurance is paying. And, and, but you said that that's just in dialysis clinics. And that's just in dialysis clinics. That's just in dialysis clinics. We haven't hit the cost of CKD. That, that's chronic kidney disease. So stages one to four, of kidney disease. So we're not touching that. That $5 billion isn't affected by this. Now, if, if we're looking at the numbers that are national numbers, nationally, chronic kidney disease costs three times what end-stage renal disease costs. So if our numbers in our state, we hold, we hold 10% of the, kid, of the end-stage renal disease population so that makes us 10% of the United States of the United States of the United States ESRD population. So that makes us the largest uh, group of end-stage renal disease patients in the nation. We, we, we also reflect that number in our chronic kidney disease population. We, we vacillate back and forth between us and California, but we are the big, we are, uh, one of the largest populations of people in absolute numbers with uh, with the diseases. So if if our percentages are the same, if 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 it looks the same, or even remotely the same, you're talking about another fifteen billion dollars just in CKD. And, so and, you, how much and that's a year. How much money does the state of Texas currently have in its rainy day fund? In our rainy day fund, I believe. Roughly. Uh, last time I checked, it was like $13 billion, $17 billion. And, and so that, I guess, kind of brings me to the next point. So if you look at the step and repeat behind you, Texas mm-hmm. Kidney Foundation, it says right. silent but deadly. Um, just as a reminder. Silent but deadly. Chronic kidney disease is a silent but deadly disease. You, you do not show symptoms of chronic kidney disease. Not anything that would make you go, I'm sick, I need to go to a doctor. You don't feel bad. You don't start feeling bad until you're in the end stages of of renal disease and your kidneys are about to fail. So uh, that's how, you know, we, we were looking at this process and using focus groups and all of this good stuff. And our team came up with silent but deadly. That was actually a, a phrase coined by Zach. <laughs> and then we ran it past the focus groups with a whole bunch of other phrases. And the focus group was like, this for sure is the best one. <laughs> um, um, because it really does identify kidneys. It is a silent killer. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed 
the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening. And uh, I think the worst part about the disease is that, you know, when you talk about it and say, yeah, it's it's a silent killer. It's it's destroying people's uh, um, health. Kidney disease is is almost overwhelming because what happens is if you go into end stage renal disease, you go you end up on dialysis. Then we're talking about a process where your blood is being taken out of your body and cleansed three to four times a week. It takes three to five hours each session. So your life is completely changed. The way the disease affects each person is different. But the one thing that is for sure is that your life is never going to be the same because you all of a sudden have something that has invaded your life, your family's life. The entire family is dealing with this now. It's not uh, a simple process and it's not something that you can just, oh, oh, we've got a quick fix for it. Dialysis isn't a quick fix for, for kidney disease. It's tough, and the people who who uh, take care of us in those dialysis units, they become like family because uh, you see them more than you see your own, own flesh and blood. Uh, luckily, we have some of the warmest, nicest people that you could meet uh, working in dialysis units across this state, uh, and there are over 750 of them. So you can see how how important and how pervasive uh, kidney disease is. Uh, that's where silent but deadly came from, is we have to make people realize kidney disease isn't just um, something that you need to check into. Kidney disease is something that you must check. You must check your kidneys. If you've been diagnosed with diabetes, hypertension, you have cardiovascular disease, obesity, those are the leading factors for kidney disease. 
you have to get your kidneys checked. You won't know that you feel bad. You won't know that you have kidney disease unless you have your blood checked and your albumin checked, and that would be your urine. So it sounds like that be, what were the specific or, yeah, what was the specific reasons it was created? To, for early detection of chronic kidney disease. Our goal is to identify the disease, educate people about the disease. So educate those who have it and those who don't about kidney disease and then support them as they walk through the journey of kidney disease. You don't, don't tell someone that they have a, a chronic illness and then walk off. Uh, Texas Kidney Foundation is in it for the long haul. So once we educate a person about, okay, here are the first steps. This is what's going on with your body. Yes, you do have, have you, do, you are showing uh, staging for kidney disease. Here's where we, we're going next. So then we go with a behavioral therapist and a renal dietitian. Our next step is, is to them so that we can get those kidney patients taken care of. You said a, a lifestyle coach. What, yeah. uh, what organization? We work with a wonderful organization called It's Time Texas. It's Time Texas has renal dietitians, and that is different from a regular dietitian. Regular dietitians are great, but if you have kidney disease, you need a renal dietitian. A renal dietitian is educated in what is good for the kidneys. So, um, like, for example, I say this all the time, something that everybody thinks is healthy, spinach. It's healthy for everybody except kidney patients. So you would need a renal dietitian to be able to identify what works and what doesn't work and evaluate your diet. What are you eating as a family? How can you eat within your footprint? Within your financial footprint, what can you do? How can you eat within the within the stores that you're you're uh, shopping at? You know, because there's different food available. If you're on the east side of San Antonio, then uh, is available on the north side of San Antonio. So, how do you eat within the footprint of what what is available to you? We have nothing in this state. If we have a big rainy day fund and a big budget, but no people. If our population is sick, we have nothing. The most important commodity that the state of Texas has to, for in terms of uh, domestic commodities, <laughs> if, we're gonna, if we want to talk in those terms, is the people. The people of our great state. So our health, and the health of every single Texan is of tantamount importance to Texas Kidney Foundation, and it should be to anybody who's listening to uh, this broadcast. Because all of us, when, when you look around, think about that. One in three people is at risk for kidney disease. So when you go to church and you're looking around, somebody, somebody on those pews, many somebodies on those pews, are walking around with some stage of kidney disease and they don't know it. When you go to the grocery store, people are walking around with some stage of kidney disease. You are looking at people living their lives with some stage of kidney disease and unaware of it. When you go to family reunions, you're seeing the same thing. So there isn't anybody that's not affected by it. And we need to start thinking in terms of our brothers and sisters thinking in terms of the people around us. Are you your brother's keeper? Yes, you are. <laughs> and let's start thinking and acting like that because that's who we are. That's who we've always been as Texans. So, you know, let's just keep doing us. We can show them better than we can tell them. I always think about that. My granddaddy used to say it all the time. We got to show them better than we can tell them, Tippy. He used to call me Tippy. <laughs> Don't start calling me that, Zach. <laughs> So, so another question on, what was it, Wednesday night, I believe, is when we were in Austin? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you uh, had the privilege of going out to dinner with somebody after the Capitol. Two questions. One, 
where was it that y'all went? And how was the food? And two, who was it that you went to dinner with? I went to dinner with my favorite uh, Austinite, well, one of my favorites, uh, Cassie Daniel. And we went to Chewy's. Oh my gosh, it was so yummy. It was very, very yummy. Chewy's is a good place. <laughs> I don't want to get us in trouble, but did they have a kidney friendly diet? Okay, so I'm not going to answer that for fear. <laughs> <laughs> But you can make little tweaks to anything that you, you're having out and and make it kidney friendly. That's the that is the whole whole point in a kidney friendly in having a renal dietitian and working with renal dietitians. But but we did not eat kidney friendly. I, I don't the enchiladas I had probably were not, but they were super yummy. <laughs> And, and so, and you said you were at dinner with who? Cassie. Cassie Daniel. And how does she relate to the big picture? Or, or what, what position or role does she play? With well, I have to say, you know, uh, the governor of our great state, when uh, Texas Kidney Foundation went to see the, the uh, governor's office, Governor Greg Abbott's office, and uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Cassie. Um, the the governor's office listened to our thoughts on what needed to happen with kidney patients. They listened. Just, hey, we want to hear from our constituents. We want to know where where y'all stand and and uh, what you think. Because one of the things that, that I, found, I find interesting, I've heard this from legislator after legislator. They, they tell me the same thing. Hey, we don't, we don't come up with all the, the uh, ideas on what should be done. We actually look to, to advocates like you and like Texas Kidney Foundation's team to help guide us because you're out there in the trenches. So we, we want to hear what you all are doing and what your thoughts are. I mean, they have been just wonderful to, to us in terms of, of guidance and help and uh, just cheering us on when, when we're, we're uh, trying to uh, make change happen. This, this, uh, Governor has done a good job of putting together people who are looking at the weightiest problems and not a, not shrinking back from them. Because it's tough to do his job and it's tough to be um, in charge of a state when we are in a healthcare crisis. We've got a pandemic happening. We've got uh, a pandemic happening that is actually uh, with a disease that's actually capitalizing on on uh, underlying conditions. So the very things that uh, that make us vulnerable are making us even more more vulnerable. The very underlying conditions, diabetes and hypertension, that were already a difficult problem to tackle, that have already proven to be very challenging in the healthcare realm, are now exacerbated by uh, COVID nineteen. Because in the you know, let's just take kidneys. In the world of chronic kidney disease, forty six percent of the people who are being admitted into the hospital with COVID-19 are leaving the hospital with some stage of kidney disease. If that hospitalized population is reflective of the non-hospitalized population, we are facing a big problem. To be the governor at this time, to be anybody who's working in healthcare at this time 
It's a difficult moment. And it takes that Texas ingenuity. It takes a person who's willing to say, you know what? I got the faith of a mustard seed. I've got way more faith than a mustard seed. And we're going to see, see this through and save as many lives as we can while we're doing it. And that's what the Texas Kidney Foundation team does. That's what the governor governor's team does. You know, so I, I always enjoy getting to visit with them because we're just one problem that, that they're dealing with. Healthcare is just one aspect of what they're dealing with. They're, they're literally taking on everything that is good, bad, and indifferent in our state and trying to work together for a consensus on, on solving the problems they can solve. So it's always a pleasure to visit with them. So you had a big legislative week last week, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you'll expand more on it on the outcome in the future, or in the future, but... You have some more legislative news coming up of a field trip you're taking tomorrow morning. Yep. Okay. So tomorrow we are going to sit before the commissioner's court, which is, is amazing. The commissioner's court is going to hear about silent but deadly. Um, I can't even express how exciting that this is. Like, for now, I'm just going to say from my personal perspective, like having, you know, I started, I took this job because uh, I've lost nine family members to kidney disease. And I just wanted to know what happened. I was trying to figure out what happened, you know, because uh, when I say I've lost nine family members to it, it just sounds like a sound bite, right? But I remember. I remember all of these people. I know them. I know their kids. I remember their lives. And for their lives to have been hastened, I needed to know. What, what was it? What is this? And why are so many people dying? Because I felt like there had to be a genetic link. Uh, and everyone was telling me that there wasn't. But guess what? There is. It's called APOL1. And uh, last week, one of the things that happened last week is my is the first paper that that I've sat on and uh, and was one of the authors on uh, for APOL one is uh, uh, came out. Um, so you know, I mean, when people say, "Won't God do it?" Yes, He will. I mean, I went from from just trying to find out what was going on to uh, actually finding. The answer, which was a, a gentleman uh, over at Harvard University who discovered uh, that that genetic link. Uh, his name is Dr. Martin Pollock, and uh, Dr. Pollock discovered it in 2010. Uh, it wasn't out in the public. People didn't know about it. And I went to a stakeholders meeting uh, in, in 2017 and, and found out about it and uh, talked to him and talked to... to uh, Dr. Jeffrey Cobb and, and you know, uh, just the some of the best minds in the world for kidneys. Like I was really geeking out, but <laughs> they explained it all to me and uh, really helped me to understand the importance of it. And, and I just uh, I was able to study and learn and help to to move the ball down the field for for kidney patients. You know, when you think that you you can't. Just remember, one person can make a huge difference. A group of people, a group of like-minded people can change the world. And I've been so blessed to be able to find a group of like-minded people to join, join with and, and just make a lot of change. We have brought the best of the best. People who are going to think through a problem like no one else. And all we need is the funding to execute and find the disease early. We have healthy IO. Uh, we have the best technology. It's a, an ACR, which is an albumin-creatinine ratio technology. But what's cool about it is that you, um, they mail you a test kit to your house. So you're not at risk. 
or all of the other things that are going on around us. You take the test in the luxury of your own home. Within the test kit, there is a little place for you to put your, your test strip. Then you scan with your smartphone uh, a QR code, and it gives you your, 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 dot, your uh, results right there. You get your results right then. Okay. Best technology. One of the best technologies that, that we can provide and one of the most convenient. The other technology that we have in person, uh, and we have 10,000 of them. We have 10,000 of the Healthy I.O. kits to mail to, to uh, our constituents right here in San Antonio. Then we all, we've partnered with uh, another company, Nova Biomedical, who we've, we've, we've had a longstanding relationship with since 2013. Um, and Nova, Nova Biomedical provides a point of care meter, which is all over Europe and two, 200 Farmutia in, in, uh, Italy. And, uh, what it does is it tests the blood and we can do it right there. It stages you for, it, it will tell you what stage of kidney disease you have, if you have any. Uh, we find the disease when we're doing just an open call to general community. We find it in 34 to 36% of the people that we screen when we do a, a targeted call to people who have uh, one of the, the factors that really lead to kidney disease like, like uh, diabetes, hypertension. Uh, we do a targeted call specifically for diabetes over and over again because it, it's so prevalent here in uh, San Antonio and on down through the border area. Uh, then we find it in 56% in, uh, of the people that we test. So it's, it is uh, very prevalent. And that test takes about 10 minutes. It's, it's easy, it's quick, it's, it's just as if you were testing for blood glucose. Um, and when we do this, when we do the, the, uh, point of care test with the creatinine meter, um, it's, you know, also a free test and it's a fast way for you to find out where you stand and, and how your kidneys are functioning. Now we're almost out of time, but really quick, I believe we have Two pretty big events coming up this weekend, correct? Yes, we do. What are they and where are they? We have a health fair with SACAM, the San Antonio Archive uh, and Museum. Uh, we're combining with them and Methodist Hospital so that we can provide a variety of services. It's going to be at La Vijita. Um, so just head on over to La Vijita and, and it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And we will be providing uh, free screenings with uh, Texas Kidney Foundation. Uh, I believe they will be doing HIV testing there. Um, and they're going to have like a variety of, of health options when you come in. So Take a look at it, and if you, you have time, come and stop by and take one of the free tests. Find out where your kidneys, what, what your kidney function is. Then we have another event. So that's on Saturday. Um, and then on Sunday, the 25th, we will be at Sacred Heart Church, and we will be performing uh, free kidney screenings after Mass and before Mass, um, and you can come on over to the hall there. So if you if you're going into the church, you just look to the left. You see the hall. <laughs> you can come in, and I think there's they're selling some treats too. Uh, now I don't know if those are kidney friendly. I'm not gonna. I I can't tell you whether they are or not. <laughs> but come come and get your free screening. Uh, um, and that's gonna we're gonna start screening there um, at eight. 
and uh, I believe it's over at one. Thank you so much for spending an hour with uh, us, with with me talking about Texas Kidney Foundation and with On the Record with Tiffany and my good friend, Zach. Thank you, Zach, for, for spending the time to uh, put me in the hot seat. And I will see you next week. Remember that we are more alike than we are different. And, and together, we can change the world right here from San Antonio, Texas. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930amtheanswer. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you.